0: Hi, my name is Todd Johnson, and I'm here with Chris Costelts today to welcome you to another episode of GRIP. We have a special guest today, Chris Stefanik. Chris is an internationally acclaimed author, speaker, television host, and he's devoted his life to inspiring people to live a bold, contagious faith for Jesus. Chris is the founder and president of Real Life Catholic a nonprofit which operates as the headquarters for Chris's various initiatives. Above all, Chris is proud to be the husband to his wife, Natalie, and father to their six children. The episodes of GRIP center on the four letters of the word GRIP. And we don't want to be in the world's GRIP. We want to be in God's GRIP. So let's get started with our special guest today, and let's get a GRIP.
1: Start the way we did the.
0: Uh, because okay, we can cut this out but what why don't you start the way you did when we started working, well, out, working I, out i mean i'm looking at chris stefanik he, he takes off his sweatshirt, and i'm like brother <laughs> yeah you're still working out huh <laughs> the nicest thing one guy could say to another <laughs> but it's true <laughs> yeah totally yeah i mean he, i'm like uh, glad i'm keeping my jacket on because he's got some arms that uh what
1: do you think this vest is for <laughs> you
2: yeah, <know>? i <laughs>
0: I actually recently interviewed Dom Rosso,
2: a Navy SEAL, and it was humiliating. I, I put my jacket back on. Okay, and, uh, <laughs> yeah. that, that would be uh, elevating the bar for sure. Uh, yeah, man. But I, I, I have to. I have well, all the time on the road. Uh, I mean, I, and I'm giving all these motivational talks, and you know, I can't. Uh, you know to have if my gut is just pouring over my pants i'm like let me tell you how to live your life <laughs> <But> <laughs> it doesn't is, work but but it
0: does take some discipline you got to have that scheduled in
2: yeah and and it, and it is i don't think it's vanity but it's ministry yep it's a big part of the motivation that not not just appearance but i i want to have energy in front of people and when, and I and I also I gotta practice what I preach, right? Sure. I, I wrote I wrote this book about living joy, and one of the rules is uh, is to exercise and engage your body in the battle for joy. And a lot of people talk about theology of the body, and it's always in relation to, to sexual intimacy within marriage. And it's like, no, 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 it's it, it's there's a whole thing going on here that's beyond that. Yeah, and a big part of it is is fitness, yeah. and I, I I do it more for my brain state, yeah, than my
0: ability to. I don't know. Fight bad guys away from my children. <laughs> Although that's that could come in handy. But that can't come in handy. So do you? Are you a solo? Like, do you work out? Do you work out with your wife? Do you have a buddy you work out with, or is it just, just hit or miss?
2: I just throw weights around. Okay. And, and I constantly change up my my exercise routine yep. so that I don't get too bored.
0: Okay. But you're doing it pretty solo. Solo. Part, yeah. Travel. Yeah.
2: Yep. And, and if, if I if I get a half hour in four days a week, I'm pretty happy.
0: Okay. That's pretty big.
2: Yeah, right. Yeah, uh, and there's times where I've gotten a lot more. Uh, I I generally hate cardio unless I'm punching something or okay, note wrestling yourself. someone. <laughs> <laughs> the civil, Mr. Yeah, Stefanik. Yeah, glad. <laughs> we've got about
0: what would you guess five feet between us here, so that's a pretty big. I was region. doing
2: boxing and jiu-jitsu for a long time. <laughs> that's awesome, and that that was crazy
0: good cardio. Does your wife keep up with you? Uh, so so. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, that she, was she. she, she this is a men's SMS podcast. She won't be listening. That's right. <laughs> no.
2: Uh, and she, this has been this is one of the reasons I, I wrote wrote about that in that in that book is is the witness of what it did to her. Uh, she had a she has suffered some pretty intense winter depression, mm-hmm. uh, and she started working out in the winter, and it literally just went away like, with, with no meds. Praise God. Uh, which is not always the case. I mean, there's no shame in meds if you need meds. Amen. But but uh, you know what? I noticed that, and I, and I started researching it, and there's a lot of studies that back up the fact that for a lot of people. Uh, exercise is medicine. It's as effective as uh, as taking meds for, for a lot of people for depression. Yeah. Again, not for everybody. Amen. But, but it's, it has such a profound impact on her that, yeah, for, for mental health, man, I, I just, and I noticed the difference, dude. I'm with you 100%. Right? Yeah, clarity.
1: Yeah. yeah, during COVID, when I was having a little, little mental struggle, like the first thing they said was stop drinking caffeine. The second thing was, are you working out? And I was like, oh, uh, yeah, once a month.
2: Um, what, you know, what, like, what evil person told you to stop drinking caffeine? Uh, both
1: my psychologist <laughs> and my doctor. And well,
0: I guess I'll back <laughs> off. He's still doing it. He he's still good. We noticed the decaf coffee. Yeah. Although morning. when
1: I was in Rome, you can't help it. You give, they put these little cups of little delicious joy in front oh. of you and you just can't help it. And then I, I, I you gave, order it that way.
2: What do you order it that way? That's I'd do, like a cup of have, joy. <laughs> you know what?
1: There is probably some Italian name for it that means that. I don't know. I
2: yeah. gave up coffee for Lent once, and then I realized that I was becoming everyone else's penance. So <laughs> oh, for sure. <laughs> so did, you, did you ever do Exodus 90? I never did through the cold shower part. Just uh, See, I everyone says out. that.
1: That was my favorite part. No. Oh, not- straight up. Because as soon as like I would get up, <laughs> I'd get in the shower, and I knew what my day was about that day. I'm like, all right, today is not about me. Because God, if it is, you. I would change this thing. You know? Decaf coffee and cold shower.
0: I'd take cold shower. You don't look at
1: me. You don't think that guy's disciplined. You know? like, But yeah, I but don't know. Chris,
0: as caffeine drinkers, I'd take cold shower over no coffee. I would too. Okay. So we're, 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 no we're, question. we're singing out of the same hymnal. Yeah, that was yeah. Yeah. a so like would you, you rather? Yeah, exactly. Would you rather? <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll... You guys planning your Lent right now? Yeah. Is that, <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> you know? Let's not get carried away. Um, so, Hey, we're so excited to have Chris Stefanik here with us today. And, uh, you know, for some of you new listeners and maybe for some of the listeners that have heard this before, we're here to talk about grip and it's really two, two roads that we look at. We're looking at, um, what, what the Holy Spirit has put on this, uh, on my heart and what's been brought forth is, you know, either being in God's grip or in uh, the world's grip. And obviously, uh, our our hope and prayer is that uh, this this podcast gets you to just grow closer to Jesus to be in his grip. And the, the four letters of grip represent something. So uh, when you're in the world's grip, uh, the G, the letter G stands for you're going to go it alone. When you're in God's grip, you're going to be purposeful by joining a group. So being in a small group study, a Bible study, an alpha project, whatever it may be, but you're in a group. When you're in the world's grip, the R is standing for whatever you can read as it relates to social media. I'm going to read my my Instagram, my Facebook, my CNN, my Fox News, whatever I can get my hands on, that's what I'm going to read. In God's grip, the R is standing for reading his precious word, his living and active word, uh, his Bible, his word. So the I in the world's grip, it's pretty self-explanatory. It stands for I. It stands for me. I'm going to invest in myself. It's all about me. But in God's grip, the I stands for I'm going to invest in the kingdom. The proverbial looking at my checkbook, looking at my calendar, am I investing my time and my money? God does not need our money. He wants our heart. So are we investing in a way that we understand who owns it? And last but not least, the P in the world's grip stands for pride. At the end of the day, I want to build my resume because it's all about my pride. And in God's grip, the P stands for prayer, how we can get alone with God and not until we're not alone anymore, how we can know how to talk to the Father, how we can know what he says in Matthew 5, that, you know, go into your room and shut the door and pray and talk to your Father. And those four letters spell out grip, being in a group, reading his word, investing your time and money for his king, the kingdom purposes, and knowing how to pray.
2: I love that. How we can get alone with until we're not alone
0: anymore. I actually didn't come up with that, but thank you, uh, dear. I, I heard you that one. Claim it. Just tell <laughs> I actually just, heard that once from a 15 year old girl on one of the mission trips we do in Mexico, where she said, "Get alone with Jesus till you're not alone anymore." And I was like, Ooh. "That's incredible."
2: Yeah, because that, that that speaks to the the battle of prayer and like just keep leaning in, keep fighting for it, and and uh, and because it takes me. There's a lot of days where I just if I don't do that hour, solid hour in the morning. You know, 40 minutes to hour, I'm toast, man. The whole day is kind of shot. I don't waste enough time with Jesus, so I end up wasting my time on everything else. Mm. Um, but if I'm rushing it too much, <clears throat> I, don't, I, I don't leave prayer having really rested in His presence, abide in me. Mm. Um, yeah. man, I'm going to hold on to that line all day. That's incredible.
0: So, I, and it kind of relates to just, I mean, there's a similarity to the workout, the physical, yep. and then the spiritual, and mm-hmm. the spiritual through prayer.
1: Um, yeah Paul talked a lot about that i just kept we just talking earlier i just got back from rome and there's so much uh of the the renaissance art relating paul's sort of like workout mentality to the spiritual life and Mm. then the the bodies of these beautiful frescoes right and Mm. it was just it's an interesting thing that struck me when i was there about what's what's your spiritual health look like in regards to like how much time you're putting in Mm -hmm. how much willing you are to like Sit at the foot of Christ and receive what
2: you need. Yeah. You know? and, and a lot of that would come down to do you think that you're worth that time? Do you oh, think yeah, that you, sure. taking care of yourself is important enough? And, and we think we're being selfish when it's like, you know, I'm, I'm a dad. I got a lot of things going on. It's a ministry, but it's also a, a, a running my own small business, basically, which yeah. is an all consuming thing sometimes. Um, and if I don't spend that time, uh, I'll leave people around with me with this most bird dot version of me, which is not loving you know, mm-hmm. but if I, I try to be present to all the duties so much that I just sacrifice my own spe- spiritual, physical health, it's the most selfish thing I could do yeah. is, is, is not spend time on me. Mm-hmm. You right? said at the beginning there about men
1: not not thinking they're worth it or not thinking, like, do you think that's a major issue for men that like, oh, yeah. oh I, can't, mm-hmm. it's, I can't invest in myself because I've, I've got to give to everybody else or I'm not worth it, you know, sort of a
2: false humility in that? Yeah, I mean, why do you think most men's groups are at like four in the morning? You know, because we don't have time, right? And because you're not entitled to that time. Well, you're going mm-hmm. to work, so you better be home to take care of everything else. Oh, that
0: just put it in a different light. Not entitled to that mm-hmm. time. That's right. Yeah, that's like awesome. I,
2: I, could. Most guys think they're not going to. They, they, shouldn't give a prime time in their day to their brotherhood. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, if you get up before sunrise for your brotherhood, praise God. You know, I'm not trying to make <laughs> you feel bad for that. But uh, there, a lot of guys feel like that's the only time that that because they're not worthy. Uh, mm-hmm. So that they have to get together Before, before the sun rises And um, no we, we have to This has got to be prime time man and, and you know the stuff that has to be done There's, there's going to be stuff that has to be done to the moment you die yeah. mm. you know, The floor is dirty It's always going to be dirty right? But, but more than that, that clean floor your, your, your family and the people around you Need a happy dad And a, and a rested friend And we forget that <laughs> We forget that that should be an absolute priority yeah, so you're speaking to Grip
1: there that time with with uh, with the Brotherhood, right? And you already talked about prayer. Uh, which of these four do you think really resonate with men? I mean, you, you travel the country, you talk yeah. to a lot of a lot of people. Um, of these four, what do you think is is most
2: helpful in a man's life? Oh gosh, they're all so dang helpful. And by the way, thanks for the, the focus on that, mm. because there's so much in catholic ministry land that focuses on hot button issues mm-hmm. or uh, deeper academic formation and those things aren't bad right you know i mean we, we kind of need to be able to respond to the issues of the day and we need to to get you know have well-formed minds and spirits but more than all that i need to be able to get up and know how to just be a human today <laughs> right. And 99% of my life is about, you know, just Lord, help me just be a little happier and follow you and represent you to the people
0: around me right now. Um, <clears throat> and that's why, Chris, if I can just interrupt yeah, you on please, that, that. man. That when, when I look at people in my life, that's where I think I shared either when we started this or even when we were talking before is people in my life that are demonstrating, and it doesn't mean we're always on the peaks. There's still going to be valleys, but people that are demonstrating a... You know, the John fifteen five being connected to the vine, mm. they they demonstrate those four things. They're like, oh, yeah, I'm in a small group and yeah. definitely know my word and my money's not mine. I know who owns it and, and my yeah. prayer time. And we might struggle with those different letters, but, but the idea is application. And that's what I want to do is give men and women application. Like, here's something you how can to. do. How to, exactly. Right.
2: And, and, uh, and I don't know how we've lost this as a church, too. I, we're, we're the most... Honestly, I think we're the most blue collar religion in history, with the most white collar leadership. Sometimes, where it's like people are like, "Dude, just help me do the thing today." For sure. So anyway, thanks for that focus. And so you you were saying what what's resonating most with guys today? And I love the a d d nature of some of these conversations because like, <laughs> <laughs> like no, I I know, right where, we I know yeah. where we are. I know where we are. Like, there's a thread yeah. that keeps going all around. Yep. It's like, oh, come back. Yeah. Um, that's a hard question. Yeah. I think guys are tragically lonely. I agree. I think it's literally toxic. I think it's it's killing people. Mm -hmm. Um, Men bump shoulders with other men, but don't know other men, and they're not known by other men. Mm -hmm. And so we wonder where all this dysfunction in people's lives come from. Uh, Not just I mean, it's easy to look at like bad clergy news over the past twenty years. It's it's every man though, Mm -hmm. And, and every time someone falls into something. Uh, that's perverse. I think the journey to that began with you stopped talking to people. Mm. You stopped talking to people about what you're going through in your heart. The temptation grew into an oak tree because from a little acorn, because you, you let it, because you, it was it was in a little quiet corner, <laughs> and you're not honest with anybody. Uh, so I I think that that um, I think that's an in for renewal for men, and for renewal for the church. If we lean into actual fellowship,
0: Amen, Amen. So, let me let me hit in your life, and when you think about you know times in your life where you've been in a group, or you've got you've got to know Jesus through His Word, you've invested your time yeah. or money, in prayer. Any one of those four things that have especially resonated in your life, or that jumps out to you, going, Yeah, that was a that was a pivotal point. Mm. Yeah, I think I think
2: men's fellowship has been a pivotal thing for me. In the past, in the past ten years, has become more and more important. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I get together in a, in a disciplined way once a month with a couple other guys. Uh, and uh, so I have two different small groups of men. Okay. One's with those men, and the other is for couples. So I about three other couples, me and my wife get together with once a month as well. It doesn't take much time. Here's the thing I'm saying like once a month, well, I'm too busy. Right. Do you have time for bacon and <laughs> coffee once a month? And that <laughs> once a month for a couple hours, or even an hour and a half, it is life changing. It really is life-changing, and it doesn't have to be complicated. We're so good at complicating things. Like, you, you can use a resource. That's great, and there's lots of good Catholic resources, but they're all a crutch. Yeah. Just get together.
0: It's really interesting. My wife and I are in two different couples groups, and one of them we just started, and there's six couples. Four of the couples have never been in a small group together. And yeah. and it's just been so fun to be front row. And they're like, this is great. In fact, the best compliment we got, we're meeting every uh, every other Monday. Yeah. And, and one of the women said, my only complaint with this group is we're not meeting every Monday. Praise God. Exactly. Yeah. But they just had to do it. They just had to schedule it.
2: Yep. And so much of it, when you're together, comes down to the question, how are you doing? And it... <laughs> Which is, is sounds stupidly obvious, but for guys, you could spend like a, a, a week with a, another bro camping or hiking or, or hunting and come home and your wife's like, how's he doing? How am I supposed to know how he's doing? Well, he shot oh, he, a huge buck. It was a really yeah, good trip. Yeah, that's you happened.
0: I, you just played four hours of golf <laughs> and you didn't get an update on the kids? Yeah, like, oh, yeah. No, the kids are good. Yeah, yeah <laughs> you know? Totally. He played really well today. His body yeah, was yeah. amazing. Yeah.
2: And there's there's people who meet for Bible studies for 20 years and don't actually get to know the people they're with. It becomes a study group. That's not fellowship.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And and the study group's important, but it, all it takes is a little bit of extra leaning into what's going on in your heart and your life. How can I pray for you? That kind of question. So the group I meet with guys, we we literally go over how you doing. Like so, and it's not just you know how are the kids, which is an easy out for sure. It's, it's how are you how are you really doing what's going on in your soul uh, how are you growing what are you struggling with and then how can I pray for you but I mean, that could take up an hour and a half right there with four guys mm. if you had time for a, a, a resource fine or if the resource in, it needs to be the excuse for you guys to get together to study some resource fine but make sure you sandwich it with how are you doing how can I pray for you and the, that's not just personally renewing that's I, I, I obsess on this stuff in my ministry what's going to renew the church this is a, a key to renewal. In the church and in the world right now, and the evangelical churches that are outgrowing Catholic churches, it's usually not because of great preaching. It's usually because of small group ministries. Hmm. Uh, this one church in Southern California, Saddleback, during COVID grew from six thousand to nine thousand small groups. Wow! Is that Rick Warren's? That's Rick Warren's yeah. church. Yeah. yeah, and I'm friends with some some good people there who yeah. who help push the small group renewal, and, and and they're not sitting back waiting for Rick Warren to do everything for them. They're just fellowshipping in their homes. And if they meet a new person,
0: they don't say, Come to church with me. They say, Come to my house. So, so, and yeah. I like to be positive on this stuff, but I am going to ask, Why, why aren't we good at that? Why is the evangelical church getting it and yeah. the Catholic church isn't? There's a lot of reasons. I
2: think historically we're kind of clericalist. And I'm not saying that that's our priests' fault. I think it's most people are clericalist. And there's something beautiful about the experience of being a Catholic in insofar as even when my brain isn't engaged I can sit down buckle up and I'm on a roller coaster every time I sit down at mass mm-hmm. and I leave and I've gotten the grace whether or not I, I showed up entirely mm-hmm. uh... so th- there's a great gift in that mm-hmm. I go to confession I just I, I'm on the ride it's doing it for me you know and it's and life's hard enough so I'm really grateful for the help <clears throat> but you know the drawback of that is uh, is we can get lazy sometimes, mm-hmm. and not own the fact that you know what's the church? It's uh, it's us, man. For sure. Yeah. Amen. So let's say there's a guy listening what's to this podcast like? right now,
1: um, and he's like, like obviously his life has changed because this podcast, and he's like, <laughs> I want a group. Yeah. I'm move I'm motivated to do it. My neighbor's not that weird. Um, and what's his next step? Like, does, I mean, obviously before we said, oh, go to your church and just ask, but there's a lot of churches that are like, oh yeah, we don't have anything like that. You know, like, yeah. so what does he do just to do it? Like, what would you say to that guy?
2: I got two ideas. Um, one, I mean, th- th- there are resources out there to make it easier to start this kind of thing. It's not about the resources. I gotta be real clear on that. And it's not, the resource isn't even totally necessary, but it does help. You know, so I, I'm I'm in the the biz of creating some of these resources, yeah. <laughs> right? So uh, the search uh, I have this thing called Living Joy that I, it's free. It's uh, well, it's sold, but if you text the word joy to the number four four one four four, it bypasses the paywall. Don't tell your friends. Okay. We'll keep it between us. We'll keep it between we'll us, it Don't between us and this podcast. Don't text JOY to 44144 right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, please do and share it with everybody. But it's, uh, it's videos with 11 small groups, so I get covered for 11 months. But here's the, the thing mm-hmm. with those resources is, and I, I have no problem telling people this, it's not about the stuff that, that I poured myself into with content. It's about, here's an excuse to say, hey, I got this program. It's like 11 weeks on how to be happier, do you want to meet once a month and just go over it? There's some small group questions. That just made it easier for you to broach that awkward conversation of, let's be friends. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for sure. And then there's the other uh, approach, if you feel up to it. And this is how a, a buddy of mine, Jim Beckman, uh, started a small group with me, you know, seven years ago or so. I don't know. And he just he just called me. He's like, look, I, I just... I want to I want to uh, grow deeper with some friends. Hmm. I want to be intentional about our friendship in Christ. Hmm. Can we meet once a month and just spiritually check in? And that's how he he opened the conversation, and and I was like, okay, let's let's do that. And here's the thing: guys are afraid to have that conversation and make that invitation. They feel like they're getting a little too intimate. You're gonna find that when you say that, the person you've
0: asked is starving for it, probably. Yeah you've heard the example of all of us like especially like a church on Sunday you know how you doing good how you doing busy whatever but the example of us being like ducks like Mm. on the surface I'm good everything's good but underneath oh yeah the legs are kicking like crazy that's a great image and if I could only tell you really what's going on it might it might actually scare you to ask that question to me next time right so so yeah
1: that's right it's funny you say that about just needing need an excuse almost to me and I had uh I really wanted to start reading uh, more Aquinas and I didn't know how to start that like because I felt like pretty inept and like just picking up a book I don't know so uh, I got a book for Christmas uh, at Phaser like an introduction whatever which was not an introduction but that's what it's (laughs) for and uh, and, uh, my buddy was like uh, my buddy's wife actually was like hey do you know any books on Aquinas I'm like well I just got one and then I was like Hey friend, do you want to read it together? You know, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, just do it, it. And then it blossomed into like four guys doing it, and we did that. Then we started confessions, and then we eventually just became a whiskey club, kind of. Um, to be honest, no whiskey, whiskey with Aquinas.
2: What whiskey with Aquinas? Exactly. We blew over pints.
1: <laughs> I know. Well, we did that. Actually, we we did uh, we did church followers in between because we're nerds, and but most of the session was like, okay, everyone read this week. Yeah, was it good? Okay, how are you doing? You know, like mm. it really, like you said turned into that
0: moment um it was beautiful and Chris throwing cigars sorry. and I'm in okay <laughs> done that's right yeah. Yeah. for sure <laughs> so uh, do you think so this is a tough question so you think of the grip yeah what are we missing you know can I can I give the example of what you said Chris <laughs> yeah. goes well, I'll tell you what we're missing it should be grips you're missing the sacraments Okay, (laughs) grips. Grips
1: sounds weird. I don't know. I don't know something
0: about it. (laughs) Grips. Yeah, you got to be in God's grips. God's grips. (laughs) Yeah, right. Yeah, Uh, but I don't know.
2: I mean, I I would encompass prayer. I would encompass the sacraments and and the prayer experience, and uh, I don't complicate it, man. Let's keep it grip. G R I P. (laughs) I mean,
0: you got it because those are those are four actionable, measurable things. Yeah, you know, and 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 so let me let me, and I am going to. And a lot falls under each category. Exactly you know when i just because you know you bring up the evangelical church so i got to go there for a second with you know there's there's a local church here in town that when they do a collection or a second collection yeah it's it's sometimes seven figures wow yeah and and they've got 11 or 12 campuses but they but but you know under the eye you know why you know that's another thing within the catholic church too of just how do we increase the, the giving? Um, I yeah. love sharing with clients about who owns it, capital W. And, yeah. and 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 I think a lot of it's just being educated because a lot of us don't understand what the word teaches.
2: Yeah, I, 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 as far as giving, I, I don't think we have a, a giving crisis as much as an asking crisis in the Catholic Church. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> well, most people just, the basket goes around, and I don't know what I'm giving to. I don't know where it's going. Yeah. Mm. Uh, or there's like a one sentence description of it, and they're all apologetic. And then some people are uh, uh, are out there thinking, "Oh, every time I go to church, they ask me for money." That's actually not true, right? I mean, here, here's the weird thing: uh, people fixate on things, and then they—that's all they hear because they, it bugs their conscience, or maybe they worship money. So you just—you know—I was not—I was fine with all the Jesus stuff. You just touched my God mm-hmm. when you asked me for mm-hmm. money. Yep. So now I'm angry. So then the priest is afraid to make people angry, so he doesn't yep. want to go there. Uh, or, you know, I get it all the time, like the church is obsessed with on sexual issues. And it's like, dude, I, I've been to Mass my entire life. I'm 46. Maybe like five times I've heard the priest really talk
0: about <laughs> uh, sexual ethics. <laughs> yeah, it's like, well, that's all they ever talk about. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, we get, you're right. We get it in our head. <laughs> yeah. And then, therefore, we just run with that. If you touch someone's false idol. Yeah. Serving the proverbial... uh uh, can't think of his name right now that runs man in the mirror ministry, but serving the God you want versus the God who is right. Yeah. Yeah. That's like, well, I'd like to serve in the God who, uh, the God I want. Right. You know, man. cause it's, yeah. cause now it's according to me. That's where the pride, the P in the world's mm. grip falls in. Um, I, I will make a comment on the, the investing part is that, you know, having owned a, well, God owns, has allowed me to own a financial planning business for almost 30 years. Our happiest clients are the ones that give the most money away. Isn't that awesome? Isn't that an opposite of what the world teaches? Go yeah. go watch TV. You're going to see commercials. Just go tune into a game tonight of all the stuff you need. There's supposedly. a there's a lot of um and I love this format for your show by the way. Just talking about
2: grip. It's, you could you could ride this for a long time. Bring it, brother. I so. love that. So yeah. cool. <laughs> Thank you.
0: Um oh well, thanks to the Holy Spirit and yeah. God. Amen. amen. And squash. Yeah. And squash. Yeah. yeah. Uh
2: the, the, there's been a lot of studies done on this that um That making more money does not make you happier. And it's proven. It's not, you know, money does not buy happiness if you keep it. It buys happiness when you give it away. For sure. There was one study done where they gave a lot of people a bonus and six months later checked back in with everybody. The people who bought a jet ski, um, look, it it does buy you some distraction, it does Mm -hmm. buy you some fun. Uh, They weren't actually happier though. The people who gave it away were happier. And this is true up to about. the amount that it takes for you to have a you know, a warm house and food, right? You know, so they they're estimating up to about seventy grand or so in income a year. Uh, money is is you know if, if you're if you're not making enough to just literally be comfortable and safe, it, it does impact your your happiness level, right? Yeah, for sure. Over that amount, it doesn't matter if you have another dollar, a million dollars, ten million dollars, a billion dollars. Like you're like, really, Chris? No. It literally doesn't increase your happiness meter
0: by a single inch. Amen. Unless you're giving it away. I uh, a quick, quick tangent to that, and we'll give these kids grace because they're, they're teenagers, but um, I, I have a new uh, advisor I've added to my practice, Tanner, and, and we were at his wife. His wife teaches at a local Catholic church or a Catholic school here in town. And Last week, she teaches a financial uh, planning elective, and we went into the classroom last week, and again, we'll give these guys grace, these men and women grace, because they're they're teenagers but it's causing me now to want to ask the question to just clients because we asked the we started off the class and asked the question what are three things you can do with your money everyone mm. got the first two you can spend it or you can save it <laughs> what about you can give it yeah yeah and it was just in a like we got to teach our kids
2: too right if and the goal is happiness which is is the goal behind everything that or we, joy, we do joy yeah, the, uh-huh. if it's joy, if it, if it goes joy, and that's that's what we're created for. We have an insatiable desire for it. Uh, we need to be intentional about connecting the dots, and it, it, the, the you know where our our first response is so frankly dumb. We have to start informing our own hearts about where it should go, because mm-hmm. you know, to say I just want I want to just invest more, in- infinitely. It would be as stupid as your 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 stomach saying, "I just want to eat a lot of dirt. I just want to get full of just more stuff," and it's not going to work. It's like, no, no, my heart. You you if you, you want to be happier, which yeah. actually is the reason you started this whole thing, right? <clears throat> get excited! I have to remind myself of this too. Um, the uh, I, I I've written a couple books that have sold really well, which I have gotten me larger checks than I ever would have thought. In ministry land, mm-hmm. and I'm not actually rich. Rich, I mean, you work with people where they invest money, but in, but it, you know, in, in ministry land, <laughs> you know, it's all relative, right? For um, sure. But I've gotten checks where it's like, you know, I, I'm excited about well, where can I go on vacation, my family this summer, and I have to tell my my own brain, wait, pull back. Yep. Get excited about what first? What can I tithe to? Exactly. What can I give to? And like if if the goal is happiness, uh, because that's that's the path there. Let's get stoked about, about that.
0: I, I still remember when I had a client whose husband died prematurely, and she was right away. How do I tithe on the the, the insurance? How beautiful. Exactly. That's, That's beautiful. What, Where do you think she's programmed into, right? Yeah, and
2: it's, it's that, that top 10, the first percent goes to God. If our first thought goes there, then, can our, tithe then our We our thoughts. Really, yeah, right? Amen. Isn't that a cool thought? I love that. Uh, because I, like I, the example I just shared with myself, it was actually my my second thought. <laughs> because I had to remind myself to practice what I'm preaching here. Yep. Uh, but with, wow, what a sign of holiness of the first thought is that. For sure. So I,
1: I'm asked the same question I asked about Dang. group. Like some dude's sitting down on his computer to look at his stuff or is opening up his phone and looking at Mint right now. And he's like, oh, my gosh, I give uh, not very much. What do I do next? Like, how do you do it? Like. I mean, it seems obvious. Maybe it's, maybe it's dumbly obvious, like, uh, just write a check to church, go to find a charity you
0: want, like, go just go give like, but how do you do that? I'd share that, uh, for a couple of things. First of all, just having the concept of, you know, don't trust what we're saying. Look at what the word of God says. And, you know, there's a lot of, my favorite quote comes from second Corinthians eight, which is when Paul's talking about being excellent in all these things be excellent in what you, you know, and that's what we do in the world, how many goals did you score? How much workout did you get in? what were your grades? Paul says, be excellent in our giving. So let's just try to get our heart center on that and let's Not be in cool. prayer about it. But also, and I'll give you the example of myself as I take an inventory every month on written paper. Yes, I'm archaic. I still use pen and paper, <laughs> but I take a written inventory of where are we at for income for the year and where's our giving at? It's written down. And that's what it comes back to a lot of this stuff that we can apply with schedules and grouping and reading and Prayer, but but the investing part is if, if we're not writing it down, if we're just like, well, you know, I'm I'm I'll hope to give, I'd like to do something, but if it's not purposeful, so my encouragement would be, sit down, take a look at what you're giving, and think about the fact that God again does not need your money; He's wanting your heart. And i found that when you can trust God with your money, you can trust Him for anything. Yeah, <laughs> so, amen, amen. So that would be one. Any any other thoughts on that?
2: No, and and I like to be excellent in it. Um, get excited about it. Look into what you're giving. You know, th- th- really put thought into it. Uh, I mean, you can just write a check to your local church, and, and frankly, I think that you should, you know, maybe half your tithes just be going to your home parish. You know, mm-hmm. but whatever you have left, and you know, tithe. I, I we try to hit ten percent, but if we if you make more you can give more mm-hmm.
0: yeah yeah it's not a Amen. yeah i
2: know people who reverse tithe and they're working to 90 percent. of these are very very wealthy people i, but I know those people too yeah, yes it's incredible it, man
0: and i'd carry that off to not only the investing the money but what about your your time you know father mike schmitz has talked about are you available for interruptions are you scheduling things that are for the kingdom when we do um for i'm going on my 13th mission trip to mexico in a few yes, months yeah. And thank you, amen, praise God is right. And we're taking 204 people on this next trip. Wow. And every reaction we get from people back is like, I've, I just felt so alive. And it was, well, because it wasn't about you. Mm. You were, it was about you giving of your time. And there's two wings of the plane when we're on giving our time. And I would encourage anybody that's investing for the kingdom, because people go, what do you mean investing for the kingdom? You can give someone water, you can give someone food, you can give someone shelter, but that's one wing of the plane you got to give them the gospel. you got to give them the love of Jesus Christ. And that's the second wing to the plane. And that's where if you're investing your time for the kingdom, you're mindful of both of those things. Oh, man. I
2: just got chills thinking about that. Because the the happiness people experience on a trip like that, they're waking up each day with the big question, how do I serve today? And then they look back on their day and think, wow, why was I so much happier? And the whole point of a trip like that is you, you can have that mindset every day. It's not easy. No. Because you're in the grind and you feel like your day is dictating everything to you. But internally, it doesn't have to be that way. We don't have to be passive recipients of the day. Hmm. Internally, you can do what you did in that mission trip every day and wake up and say, you know, I have a good friend who every morning kisses the ground and says servium, which is the opposite of the devil's motto, non servium. Hmm. I will serve today. That'd be a good tattoo. We're gonna get, Let's get tattoos after this. Well, I'm in. Wow. You got one, Chris? I do. Okay, I so you already got one. So there you go.
0: <laughs> but, you know, Wait, I will say, too, if I could just chime in yeah, on that, you don't have to go to Mexico. Yeah. You know, you got, we got neighbors right down the street, right yeah. in our backyard. And that goes back to one thing, Chris, you were saying is, you know, we are all pretty darn, we're pretty rich, you know, and yeah. I'm not just talking money, just everything available to us. If you're listening to this, right, that means you have a device that yeah. means you probably have a monthly payment that is more than the average person makes in the world. Oh yeah, and a year. Yeah. So when you don't do mission
2: foreign mission trips, you forget that fact. Yep, for sure. You, you go to Haiti, and if if you have a hundred bucks in your pocket and you gave that to some dude on the street, you just covered him for four months of his life.
0: Think about that. Yeah,
2: like you're literally a king as far as it's just the average income. It's incredible. Yeah. I just want to emphasize something that, that uh,
1: Chris just shared about starting the day with that mindset and like re really like focusing on how can I serve today versus how can I just ride the wave of my life? I think sometimes, especially men, I feel, feel almost enslaved by their, their choices in their life. You know, like I have to go to work. I have to do this. Like they, we don't think of our whole life as a choice. And to really, if we don't feel like we have a choice, then we can't really be intentional behind it. And then we can't give it away because it's not ours. But if we do give it away to Christ, if we do have a choice within it, if we do believe truly that we have free will, like, well, then we have to, we have a choice every morning to make this decision,
2: right? It's not just about the stuff that we do. The stuff that we do supports a change in mindset. Yeah, exactly. Right? It's about changing your mind. I mean, Jesus started his ministry with a word that's mistranslated as repent. And it's a mistranslation because that, that just means to us, leave your sin, which you should do. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but that's part of something bigger. The, the word in, in Greek is metanoia, change your mind. Meta your noia. Uh, and St. Paul tells us in, in, in Philippians 2, you know, put on, have, a, have among yourselves the same mind as Christ and when he talked about being a servant and in Romans 12 too you know be transformed through the new renewal of your mind you know what mind are you bringing to things every day we do mission trips we, we have this time of intense prayer all this stuff so that, that we have a different mind in everything we do every day we want the mind of Christ mm.
1: yeah, and that flows all the way back through up into our identity right like how do we think of ourselves mm. and um, it's kind of like identity <laughs> mind action right and i think the world and we talked about this thing in the last podcast the the world is really backwards like what you do is who you are and and god says no 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 no. i i have made you you are mine now you belong to me you're my beloved and our identity is found in him and out of that identity then we have to choose our mindset and out of that mindset then we choose our behavior
2: dude i I wish we had another hour and a half we could talk about (laughs) identity oh i know So, so much flows from the wrong identity yep how we talk to ourselves
0: yeah so, And you're right. Maybe another time. Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm, from I'm, your lips totally to God's that, ears. So, so one thing I want to dovetail into is, is in and in in the word comes from Hebrews about how we spur one another. And, and I think people listening to this may be like, you know, I'm doing, I am then I'm in a group or I'm doing this, I'm doing that. But my, my brother isn't, my, leg, my, my neighbor isn't, my friend isn't. And you had an awesome visual for me because for years I, I have a dear friend, uh, spiritual mentor, Tim, who gave me a visual of, you know, hey, if your brother's house is on fire, you're going to tell him. You know, yeah. and hey, buddy, you're and that that can be very offensive because someone might say, well, who are you to tell me my house on fire? You know, right. but I don't win in that deal. But I love your your example you gave recently about, hey, if you're on American Idol and, you know, you we've all seen it. We when my kids were little, we used to watch it. And, you know, the proverbial the person that's just terrible and the judges are like. Have your parents heard you sing oh yeah oh, yeah yeah <laughs> but but like, yeah, because and what you you struck me to the chord with your with your commie you said how is that gonna look before the judge mm. like what we're doing today how is that gonna how's that gonna play out so how mm. can we spur one another without coming as judgmental without coming as better
2: how to be really honest in fellowship thank you yeah cuz yeah there's a, that's a that's great, great way to, to land the plane of. Chris thank you <laughs> right that's a great way to, to think about it, man. It, it, that, that example of American Idol, like, like really, no one told you that you couldn't sing? You were no terrible. No one told you that? You know, and, and they thought they were being nice by not saying it. And it, we confuse love with niceness. Mm. And love is not nice. Jesus was not nice. He was kind. He was gentle. He was love. But he was not nice Mm -hmm. Niceness is about me It's about my preserving my own comfort zone Hmm. Because you might get an emotional response From someone when you're actually honest with them Uh, But if I love someone I'll take the heat of that emotional response So it really literally just requires courage Mm -hmm. It requires me choosing to push past the fear Of what your emotional response might be If I'm honest
0: with you Mm. It's so hard for us sometimes Courage is hard Yeah. So that's, you're giving me something to actually pray about, you know, just, I've, I do, I have courage to share that with my neighbor. Yeah. Well, and even in that example, right? Like
1: the judges asked, did your friends, did your family, you know, like, and I think sometimes we feel like, Oh, to do this thing, I just got to go up to strangers in the street and tell them they don't know Jesus, you know, like rare, like I think you you said this earlier, like we're net, we're almost never going to have that moment. Although Maybe sometime we will, but, and who knows where things are going? Maybe we'll have to start doing it. But uh, most of the time it's with the people who we already love and who love us and, and how to sit down and have that real conversation. Or especially in these groups, in this brotherhood, like you need to grow relationship. You need to accompany that other until you get to the point where you can really look him in the eye. Uh, I had a, a good buddy in, in high school, Kevin Pelker, and he and I once, once a month <laughs> would, stop on the way home from movie or youth group or whatever and sit in the car and be like, I want, I need you to tell me what's wrong. What's hmm. wrong What's wrong with me right now? Hmm. Like tell me hmm. what's, what I'm not doing well. Hold tell, the mirror up. Hold the mirror up. And it was like brutal and we were very brutal with each other. Um, wow. and it was, it was really helpful as a human being and, and to grow spiritually. Um, wow. it that was kind of honest
2: sharing is, is a, it's priceless. Yeah.
1: And, but I like, I'm, I'm not going to sign up for it anytime soon, but you know, like it's cause it's, <laughs> it's sometimes it's painful
2: to hear yeah. like,
1: um, I don't know. My, my wife and I sometimes uh, are able to do that in a way that is very helpful and holy, and mm-hmm. I just feel so blessed in my, my marriage relationship that we have that. Um, but i mean, I'm not, kinda, not every man does. No, you know?
2: no. And I'm I'm kind of uh, I'm kind of over. Um, I don't know. I, I I just I'm over I'm over it, man. Like I I want the straight, just punch yeah, you right in the please, face for yeah, sure. Right? If I if I go to therapy, if I'm spending a 100, 150 bucks an hour on a counselor. I can't stand when it's like, dude, you went to school for all these years and you can see what's wrong with me. Don't do this whole thing where you're waiting for five years for me to figure it out,
0: as you've been taught to do in school. Just tell me what's wrong with me right now. Yeah. Don't <laughs> be around the bush. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And we shy away from that. And I, I got this years ago. I'm doing an alpha program right now. But there, there's an example in there of um, how we shy away from like rules and, and like yeah. refs. Like think about a football game without refs. Yeah, you know, and and that's kind of that same thing. Like, no, if I'm if I'm breaking the rules, you got to tell me because that's the game is meant to be played with order. Yeah, and God has given us that order in in life.
2: That's it. I go to confession. People are like, I'd be afraid to go to Padre Pio who could read your soul. I'm like, dude, sign me up. Heaven, yeah, Yeah. do the work for me because I'm too stupid. Yeah, Yeah. and I pray to God. I I often like it's a slightly scary prayer, but I'm like, Lord, show me my hidden faults. Show me what I'm not seeing. Save me from the snares that I'm about to walk into, uh,
0: and he does. <laughs> <laughs> be careful what you pray for, but <laughs> hey, Amen. But you, you're right. It's coming back to being real. Yeah. And would you rather be, uh, be fluff on this? Well, that's one of the big obstacles to fellowship. We're afraid of being real,
2: even with the door shut and with the Lord. Hmm. Why are we afraid of that? That comes back to identity.
0: Well, who knows us best?
2: Yeah. yeah, we're we're afraid to be real if we're afraid that ways we've failed sums up our identity yeah. so we can't be real with ourselves we can't be real with God we can't be real with each other uh and it comes down to that identity flaw that it's a performance-based love with ourselves
0: so it's a bad circle then because we keep going then well I'll just do stuff to improve the 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 wretchedness that I am so I'll go I'll go on a mission trip or I'll write a check but then there's no relationship
2: yeah and I'll do stuff because I'm living out of a flawed identity that my I, that my worth is tied to accomplishments because maybe my my relationship with uh, leaders in my life or my father or whatever was flawed in that way. I, I've met so many people; it looks like they're working their whole lives for the approval of someone who's not there. Hmm. What a waste of energy! Yeah, hmm. and again, again, back to identity. Like, do we really trust that God loves us and has us in His grip?
1: And if we if we don't believe that, well, then we're going to constantly grasp for something ourselves and this is this is adam and eve right like Mm -hmm. she grasps for the for the the pomegranate she grasps for the forbidden fruit and then we read in in philippians right like jesus christ who didn't grasp at at uh at being being god like he came and became a slave became like one of us like i think that that thing is um do we let ourselves be in god's grip or are we grasping at something to save us you Mm -hmm. know or if we're drowning do we raise our hands and
2: go, "Save me, Lord, or do we fight it fight it? you know let's keep diving there yeah. it's the, it is it comes down to the gospel. do we actually believe this?
0: Yeah. that he actually loves us, that he would have actually come and died for if it was just me
2: yeah, right I mean like that's that's really we 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 pretend the hard part of Catholicism is how hard it is to love God, and the reality is that this love strong enough to make a universe is all aimed at me. And that's the really uncomfortable part of this. Goosebumps.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean it's true because you got to yeah. comprehend that, that.
2: My father just loves me, and it's not because of what I do. And it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's amazing to me that sometimes you talk about this unconditional love, and it hits some Catholic ears as if it sounds Protestant. It's like you're, you just missed the point of Catholicism, dude. Hmm. You know, read Ephesians chapter two, and uh, you didn't earn it. You can't boast in it. You can't earn it. And just apply this to human relationships. My wife has never said, Chris, I love you. And her in response, well, of course, I earned it. Right? I did the dishes
1: tonight, duh. (laughs) Like, you can't
2: earn even a human's love. How could you earn eternal, perfect, infinite, divine love? You can't. You have no power to do that. It's a free, unmerited, unmeritable gift. Uh, and, And you could grow in it, and that's where merit comes in, right? But the thing you're growing in is a gift. Mm-hmm. That's just given to you because your father just loves you. Oh, man. Put, I, I, put oh, that yeah. with your kids, too. Yeah. I
0: don't love them because. Right. They did something. I love them because they're mine. Yeah. It makes me emotional just to... Because I think there's this difference of... Do we minimize who God is? Yeah. You know, do we put them in a box sometimes? But when you really comprehend in that way, it's infinite. Yeah, You can't measure it.
1: And this is the exact the exact difference between paganism and christianity and, and distilled perfectly in catholicism right is this idea that temples are built to earn to earn the the favor of the gods but churches mm-hmm. are built in thanksgiving for the favor that was freely given oh St. St. peter's Lord. is built because god loved us not because we want We have to try to earn it, you know, and then in in Catholicism, this this comes to a a beautiful point in Epiphany in the mass, right? We don't attend mass because we got to get our our points in this week. We attend mass out of Thanksgiving for the fact that he loves us without condition. And that's proven perfectly in the Eucharist where the God of the universe, the God who breathed the stars becomes even more humble in the form of of what looks like bread and wine to us, and enters into us, like, and, and that's how we say thank you is by letting him do that.
2: <laughs> you know, like
1: the <laughs> mean, Eucharist means thank you, exactly. It means right. thanks,
2: yeah. And uh, that's that's the center of Christian worship is just thanks. And I think of the Psalm: "What what return shall I make to the Lord for the good He's done for me? I will take the cup of salvation. What return? Uh, what's, what's the greatest way to say thank you for love is just to receive the unmerited love." And this is the heart of Catholicism. This is the heart of Christianity. And this is not just split in hairs. We don't do all this stuff so that we will earn love. We do this as a response to love. And if we don't get that right, that's literally a different religion. It's a condemned heresy, Pelagianism, Jansenism. Yep. And it's the most unattractive idea ever. And a lot of people conceive of Catholicism in this way. And this is why a lot of people aren't interested. You know that what is this? Is about a, a, the ability to be with a conditionally loving father forever. That's actually in hell. That, that doesn't <laughs> yeah. sound like heaven to me.
1: Yeah, you know, that's that's Zeus. That's
2: that's Saturn. That's
0: yeah. That's every, my, the, uh, the enemy religion. Is, yeah. The enemy tricked us.
2: Yeah, and we've we've all seen. Um, well, one of the awesome experiences of fatherhood is that you get to experience a little of this in yourself, in all your imperfections, mm-hmm. that you would die for your kids without, without second thought I, I share this story very frequently uh, when I'm preaching that my, my son once when he was four was lost in the woods and uh, we, we couldn't find him and he wouldn't move as we were screaming his name he's sitting down amidst these trees and I ran to this pond because I thought he must have drowned and this prayer just exploded from my heart in this, as I'm looking for his body well, thank God we, we found him and he was okay um, but I just said Lord you've done so much good for me and you give me a great life and I want you to take everything back and give me my son right now hmm because next to my son, everything else it accounts for nothing. Hmm. And in that moment, I could just see the father looking down at me, saying, "Yeah, that's how I see you, Chris." Hmm. That's really that's really hard to Let actually that marinate that. for a minute. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's that's beautiful. And there's so many examples. I think our kids give us when it comes to yeah. the father's love for us. I I was just sharing a story recently. Uh, this was five, six years ago. My daughter was at college uh, and I, I know exactly where I was on the highway and she had only been at college about a month and she called and I know exactly where I was driving home and I answered kind of in a panic like, Sophie, are you, are you, hey, you okay? What's going on? Her her response right away was, hey, dad, I just wanted to hear your voice. Wow. And it reminds me of the prayer. Like oh, I think beautiful. sometimes we have to have a rehearsed prayer or we have to have a grocery list mm. And I think the Father just wants to hear from us. I learned so many things from both of my daughters about how God that. looks at us too that that can be prayer sometimes. like mm. it goes back to that quote I was uh, reciting earlier from Grace, "Get alone with God till you're not alone anymore." Prayer can just be in the, the classroom of silence, adoration, church, home, wherever it may be, and it can be beautiful just to be silent.
2: I think that's the foundation of your whole grip thing, you know. Mm. It, it's, to, it's to make sure you have enough of that time in silence. How do we start being real with other people? Well, sit down in prayer, and instead of saying a lot of stuff to God, maybe just think of your Father looking at you, and just sit there. Maybe f- spend five minutes doing that. I love praying the Jesus Prayer: "Breathe in Jesus, breathe out mercy," and I just do that for five, ten minutes till I am just with Him. You know, h- how do you pay attention to your own heart's desires, as it says, "I want more stuff," which it's always going to say that because your heart's dumb.
0: We're never going to
2: be con- satisfied, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because we're made for something that nothing in this world can fulfill. That's fulfill. it. Right. But but if you don't spend time in quiet contemplation, you won't even know that your heart's desiring the wrong things because you don't even know what it's desiring because you're thinking without thinking about what you're thinking and you're willing without willing to will, and you just go through life on this autopilot. Shut up, sit down, be quiet with hmm. your father. You'll start to hear what's going on inside of you. I mean, all, all this stuff is has this, the foundation in that that unearned love, that silence that relationship with the father abide in me this is everything man
1: so uh chris on our first podcast we challenge men to pick one of these letters and to try something to make a change to to take a risk to join a group to open their bible to invest something more to to really pray um what is your invitation to the men who are listening to this what's the one thing maybe or what's your response to that how would you how
2: would you want them to respond to this two things are coming to mind uh one um make sure that you have that that quiet time with the father mm-hmm. take literally take five minutes okay just breathe jesus breathe out thank you for loving me something like that for five minutes every day yep. right uh and then and then two after spending time with the father make sure you spend time with your brothers mm-hmm and do what Jim Beckman did for me when he, he invited me and he just said, look, uh, can we just meet monthly? I just want some actual fellowship where, where people hold me accountable and I can be honest with them. And we could just check
0: in and see how you're doing. Cause you can hit all four letters on that. You're, you're grouping, you might get into the word. You are investing some time in each other. Yeah. And it ultimately can end in prayer That's or begin it. with prayer. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Christophanic just wraps it all up right there with that example.
2: Yeah, be be intimate, be real. Lean into that with the father and with your brothers mm. and don't complicate it. Don't worry am I going to do it right. Just do it. And then it'll
0: fi- you'll figure it out. <laughs> no more letters, Chris. No. No, Chris no, don't no let- more. <laughs> letters. Don't add letters. Yeah. Christophanic to Chris Casels. Don't add letters. <laughs> Let's cuz it's applicable. Yeah. It's it's actionable.
2: Yeah.
1: yeah. Awesome. Hey, we're done for now, uh, but we like to close in prayer. Chris, do you mind leading us in prayer to close? Is that all yeah, let's right?
2: Let's do it. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, take a deep breath and think of the Lord's presence closer to you than that breath. Lord Jesus, we praise you for your presence with us. We thank you for your love for us. We invite you in. We ask you to be Savior. We ask you to be Lord of our lives. Every time we try to be Lord of our own lives, it doesn't work. So we ask you to be King and Lord of our lives. (laughs) Be the boss of me. (laughs) I pray that you teach us how to follow you. Teach us the path of intimacy with the Father. Give us the courage to be real and intimate with each other. Give us hearts that turn out of ourselves to serve the world. We ask all this because we want joy. And we want joy because you created us for it. (laughs) So show us the difficult path to actual joy. A joy that begins now and never ends. We say yes to you, Jesus. Glory be to the Father, to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was 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 in the beginning, is now, and and ever shall be, world without without end. Amen. Amen. Mary, cause of our joy, pray for us. us. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. Good to be with you guys. Chris,
0: it's been such a blessing, man. Thank you so much for giving us the time.
2: Oh, man, what a a gift.